three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. gentlemen days and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're all having a great night day weekend whenever you're checking this out i've got a review for uh, finally cross your arms everyone got a review for wakanda forever which is of course the latest marvel film written produced directed by the brilliant ryan coogler who of course you know from uh fruitville station creed the original black panther which of course grossed over a billion dollars so all right so i saw this opening night i've been i i mentioned i might have mentioned it but uh, my partner and i've been moving so that's why reviews haven't been going up but i was really how do i put this I was very concerned heading into this movie, even seeing the trailers, because the trailers are excellent. That that teaser trailer with No Woman, No Cry mixed in with Kendrick's uh, All Right is absolutely incredible. And the official trailer, uh, which I did a breakdown of, which you can check out if you would like, I, I thought that trailer was incredible as well. The use of music, the use of the score is just haunting and beautiful, and you feel you feel the presence of our fallen king. You feel the presence of Shadwick Boseman. And look, I I I came on the show when Shadwick died and I, you know, and I talked about how unfair it was and how, you know, someone a piece of shit like Rupert Murdoch gets, you know, to live into his fucking 70s and Shadwick, you know, doesn't get to see 50. It's it's not fucking fair. It's truly not. A uh, a young man who had so much left to fucking give and racist pieces of shit like Murdoch get to spread their bullshit late into their life. It, it, it's not fucking fair. And I'm, I'm still angry about it. I, I, I will not lie. I'm still angry about it because there are so many more stories to tell uh, with Chadwick. There's so many stories left to tell with T'Challa. His partner misses him. The world misses him. Watching that interview, I, I want to say it was on Good Morning America with, with Chadwick's uh, widow was fucking heartbreaking i'm just like i i believe her name's uh simone i i I don't i don't want to get it wrong um but i i I think that's right um uh, yeah simone simone okay i'm happy uh hearing simone bozeman's words fucking heartbreaking it's, it's not fucking fair and what i appreciate about this movie is that the movie acknowledges that it's not fucking fair. It's not fair that Wakanda has to bury their second king since the MCU started. It's not fair that Shuri lost her brother. It's not fair that Queen Ramonda has to bury her son. You know, no no parents should have to bury their kid. It's not fair. And the movie really acknowledges that. The movie acknowledges how unfair it is. The movie acknowledges that you're allowed to grieve, that you're supposed to grieve. And... I give this movie, this movie has a brass set because it opens up with with T'Challa in peril and Shuri trying to save him. And the way that scene plays out, obviously we know T'Challa doesn't make it. The way that Ramonda played uh, again by our amazing queen, Angela Bassett, the way that her and Letitia Wright interact in that scene, I just, 
Ryan Coogler pulled off a magic trick that no one thought he could pull off. And, and look, I feel like I am a very optimistic person, especially when it comes to Marvel. I've, I, you know, I've talked about it. I don't think Marvel really misses. I think Marvel's great. But I was worried about this. And I was sitting here going, oh, God, oh, God, Ryan Coogler, he proved the haters and the racist pieces of shit wrong with the first Black Panther. Oh, God, can he do it again when he loses his star? And the short answer is yes. Yes, he can. And what is so impressive about the magic trick that Cougar pulls off is that the way he handles the grief and the way that you feel Chadwick's presence throughout the film. I don't think you could make this movie without addressing it because I've already seen I've seen those posts of how dare Marvel use Chadwick's death to, you know, sell tickets and blah 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 that ignorant bullshit. This is really in line with something like Fury 7 where, you know, of course we lost Paul Paul Walker. I thought the film does a really great job of handling Brian's passing now granted what they've done afterwards i i have that's a whole other conversation i will simply say i have not been thrilled with the way they've handled brian's character post fury 7 the way that they handle it here you feel the weight of losing t'challa lupita nyong'o who of course plays uh, nakia you don't get to see nakia till pretty late in the film oh you know what by the way i should just get this out of the way now because i'm dancing around stuff full spoilers i i do need to go full spoilers to talk about everything that I really want to talk about. So Nakia, I love the way that we do find out that her and Chadwick continued to see each other and that they reconciled. But what's so fascinating is that you find out basically if you if you're paying attention that Koi, Nakia, Shuri, Ramonda, they didn't get raptured. Uh, neither did Mbaku. A lot of Wakanda did get raptured and of course we know T'Challa did. Um or uh, Shuri did actually never mind. It's kind of crazy how you think about how the whole theme of grief is just this cloud over the film. Very intentionally, when we open up with the celebration slash the funeral for T'Challa, first off, the casket that they have for T'Challa was something that alone made me cry. If you are... If you're a crier, definitely bring tissues, because I, I, I'll i tell you right now, my partner grabbed me a bunch of napkins, and I probably went through conservatively 20 napkins at least, and that's not including Kleenexes. I was just sniffling and really crying throughout most of the film, because I just wasn't... I knew it would be emotional. I didn't know it would be this emotional. But the way that, Shanda, uh, that T'Challa's death is handled is done very respectfully. You feel, as I mentioned, the weight of it. It's beautiful. Wakanda loved T'Challa, and you can feel Ryan Coogler really walking this fine line of, oh, no crying. You can feel Ryan Coogler walking this fine line of taking the real life grief, and it 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 brings out the best out of these performances. Uh, Letitia Wright, look, I've talked a lot of shit about, about Letitia Wright. I would take nothing back, by the way. Girl, wear your mask, get your COVID shot for fuck's sake. But she brought it in this movie and she needed to. People were looking at her like, okay, what you got? You know, you can step up or not. And she's not the little sister in this movie. She is the one feeling the weight of losing her brother the most. And it, it it's it's crazy. You know, I, I've talked about my, about my uh, you know my siblings on the on the pod before. But it, it's one of those relationships where you go like, holy fuck! How would you even comprehend moving on without a sibling? Because siblings, it, it's a it's a different sort of relationship that you have. And with Shireen T'Challa, 
Not just the fact that she was his cue, but that was his fucking sister. And you felt how much they loved and cared about each other. And Shuri is just hurting in this movie. And she's hurting in a way that's so human and so vulnerable. And Letitia Wright brings this rawness to her performance. And anytime you just see her crying or anytime you just see her holding those tears back or you feel her anger directed at someone, uh, there's this point where... M'Baku, like she's flat out yells at M'Baku and M'Baku kind of looks at her like no one else would be able to get away with what you just did but he understands how she's hurting it's it's similar in ways to how Rocket is hurting and pushing people away and how Yondu is kind of that that mirror for Rocket to realize he needs to you know change a little bit uh, Winston Duke I, I, I just gotta shout Winston Duke out because I love Winston Duke I, I've if you've listened to the podcast, you know how much I love us. You know how much I love Nine Days. If you've not seen Nine Days, please watch Nine Days. It fucking rules. And Winston Duke's incredible in that. Mbaku, yeah, he's still the <laughs> he's still the sassy black uncle who you know who's talking shit to everybody. He's still he's still that dude. But man, there there is a vulnerability to Mbaku and what he means to his people when he ends up meaning to Wakanda without getting too spoilery. Um, Winston Duke has a level and a gravitas to his performance here that is uh, that's really needed and well crafted on the male side because I gotta say with losing Chadwick Boseman we get and and I mean we got it in the first film too but we get it even more fleshed out here the, the strong black women representation in this movie. Oh my God. So first off, Angela Bassett's get should get an Oscar nomination. She should probably fucking win, honestly. There's a scene that, uh, that happens early on in the movie where, as I predicted, all these fucking countries are like, oh, the black people are weak. Let's go to Wakanda and let's steal their vibranium. And Queen Ramonda, the, the speech she gives at the, the UN that you see in the uh, tease in the trailer, that scene is one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. It is fucking epic. It gave me goosebumps. Angela Bassett delivers her lines with such conviction and fierce and a virtuosity that I went, God damn, girl, this is how you do this shit. Angela Bassett's incredible in this. If she does not get a Best Actress nomination, uh, Best Supporting Actress, I would I would say probably Best Supporting Actress because Letitia is is a star in this. But Angela Bassett, she deserves a fucking nomination. She's she's incredible. She's fucking incredible in this movie. Getting I, I gotta get to Namor, played by Tenoch Herita. Uh, he's incredible in this movie and. If you are a comic book fan, you know how much of an asshole Namor typically is. I mean, yes, he ends up being a great Avenger, but Namor's an asshole. And the way that he goes about protecting his people, it's it's my one real complaint about the movie. And I'll just kind of get out of the way quick. Riri Williams is introduced in this movie, who's played by uh, Dominique Thorne, um, the amazing Dominique Thorne. You, of course, know her from Judas and the Black Messiah and If Beale Street Can Talk. She's fucking amazing in this. And the whole surface world beef that Namor has, when you get into his origins, and I, and I, I know I said full spoilers, but I'm just going to... I'm going to let people discover that part for themselves. But I love the way that they show his history, but... His whole beef with the surface world is because Rue Williams can basically make this machine that can find uh, find vibranium, but Namor's people happen to have vibranium too because of a potential second meteorite, which 
when you think about the earthquake that was referenced in Infinity War or in uh, Endgame, pardon me, that actually makes a ton of sense. Could have happened then. But basically, he wants to kill Riri because she goes ahead and builds this machine. There are other people who could build that machine. It's not just her. Yes, she is the you know the child prodigy, but there are definitely other people who would be able to put this machine together. So the fact that he's so intent on killing Riri in particular, it's a little flimsy as far as the motivation, independent of what happened with his his uh, his mother and realizing that him having the connection to Wakanda in the sense of realizing that this is what they do when we get power. That's the motivation that I wish they would have leaned to a little more versus him wanting to just kill Riri because she, she built this machine that can find vibranium. That's really my only gripe. And that's really quite a small gripe because the way he brings it in this movie there is a scene early on with Lake Bell. They don't say who Lake Bell plays. I don't even think in the credits they say what her, uh, her name is. She's going to be important later on because I don't believe you get... In the same way that Catherine Hahn wasn't just in WandaVision to just be, you know, a pretty face, even though, you know, stepmommy is. But but the, the fact that they don't say who Lake Bell is, is making me go, that's interesting. I'm going to call she's a mutant. I'm just going to throw that out there. You heard it here first. There is this siren song thing that Namor's people do that once it's activated, it really makes you go, man, Ryan Cougar should do a horror movie because when they're introduced... The way the telecanals are portrayed here, it's fucking creepy. The, the, we initially see them at night, and the way that they pop out of the water with this siren song, it it's horrifying. And anytime they pop up, there is this sense of dread of, oh man, things are not going to go well. And the way that Cooler handles them and frames them, I thought was fucking badass. And I got excited when I heard that siren song. I got nervous, but I got excited as well. And I just thought... I just thought it kicked so much ass when they, whenever they were on screen. Also, the way that they call Namor uh, Kukul Khan, his whole origin, as I mentioned, his origin is really well done. And the way that the underwater city looks is fucking perfect. I, I talked about it uh, in my initial review of Black Panther, even though I will admit I went back and watched it. And while it definitely could have used some improvement, I don't think it's it's not game breaking bad for me. But the the last fight scene in Black Panther, it's some it's, it's on some it's on some video game shit. Let's call it what it is. It's definitely got that, you know, almost PS like really good PS3 looking graphics to it. The underwater stuff in here in particular has it's just beautiful. I, I just felt immersed in the world. Like I, I know I talked shit on Avatar, and I probably will next month too. But this is what I want for Avatar. I was like, this looks fucking great. Give give me more of this. It's it's beautiful. And when uh, Namor goes ahead and ends up showing uh, Shuri around because of circumstances, I thought it was just beautiful. And I want I, I cannot wait to go back to that world and see more of it. And the bits that we do get. Are, are super well done and yeah I, I just i love the way love the way it's it's absolutely shot um there is a balance between the action and the drama in this movie this movie is almost three hours it's like two hours 45 minutes something like that and i gotta say i did not feel the runtime 
whatsoever. It's kind of amazing how quickly this movie flows and the rhythm that it gets into. I think after the, I think from jump, the movie definitely, like, it definitely cools you off at points, but it's definitely done intentionally for the emotional beats, because there's a lot of emotional beats in this movie. You see it in the trailer where Namor goes ahead and invades Wakanda. And when he invades Wakanda, that whole scene is straight out of Marvel Comics where he floods Wakanda. That shit is fucking heartbreaking because seeing all these all these Wakandans fighting for the lives, struggling because they're about to fucking drown. It's a haunting image. And Namor goes ahead and has this has this presence over Wakanda when he does invade. It feels, you know, you know, it feels very colonizer it's really quite scary and the way that it's handled was something i went i love the sense of dread that this movie is painting with the circumstances that are surrounding wakanda so all right i gotta get into uh, a a few other things here before i uh before i get out of here i love the storyline of Shuri, not because she's just grieving, but because being a woman of science and speaking about how the Wakandans pray to uh, uh, Bast, the fact that she is struggling with the fact that she's one of the smartest people, not, not just in Marvel, but in the fucking world. She's one of the smartest people who is literally breathing in air and the fact she couldn't find a way to save her brother and how that clashes with the religion. I love that subplot and the conversations that her and Ramonda have about that. I found incredibly captivating and very raw and very real because, I mean, look, I've talked about my faith before and how, you know, it's something I struggle with at points because, you know, you have to accept that you're going to lose people. We could get into the whole, oh man, if God, you know, was just, why is this happening? You know, it's it's a whole, whole separate of our conversation, but it's one of those things where I went, wow, I love that they're, that they're going here. And, and Ryan Coogler really gave his cast so much room to breathe and go ahead and deliver these very dramatic performances while working through their grief. They really do kind of work in tandem and the way that Cougar threads that needle is incredibly impressive. I, I, I know I already mentioned uh, Dominique, Dominique Thorne. I love the way that she's she's in the movie just enough. She doesn't overshadow the movie. She doesn't feel shoehorned in, but we get just enough of a glimpse of her Riri, uh, Riri Williams, very much, uh, very much in the same vein as uh, America Chavez in Multiverse of Madness. I, we get just enough of her to get excited about what her future in the MCU is going to be like. And Ironheart has actually finished uh, finished production, so I'm very excited to see what. Uh, pardon me, uh, to see what she does as she continues on her journey. But I loved her in this. She gets such a good burn on Okoye that I was pleasantly surprised at how well she burned her. I was like, oh, wow, okay, that was, you have more guts than me because I wouldn't have said that shit. But love the way that she factors in later on in the film as well. I didn't, I haven't talked about the action too much, but the action is very well spaced out. It's very well spaced out. Um, the last fight in particular, I while I prefer the aftermath of the last fight more because of the whole conversation between T'Challa and Killmonger, the actual fight itself in this, I actually prefer it here because we get Black Panther versus Namor. And I already said spoiler, I already said spoiler alert, so I can spoil it. Shuri is the new Black Panther. I fully acknowledge I wanted it so, so badly. 
so, so badly to be Nakia. I wanted to be Nakia so badly, but it's Shuri. And I will say, given the journey that Letitia Wright goes on, I'm, I am excited to see where Shuri ends up taking the mantle, especially with where her character ends up. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued about that. But the the fight between Black Panther and, uh, and Namor, it's fucking badass. It, it's hard hitting. It's pretty fucking brutal too considering she just got the mantle and there's just there's a lot in that fight that i really appreciate i appreciate how raw it is i appreciate how violent it is i appreciate that namor doesn't uh hold back because i'm sorry it's a woman he's gonna go ahead and and not fuck her up like as fuck as terrible as that sounds but he's fighting for his people he's like okay no prisoners it's it's a very personal and hard-hitting fight and i i love that about it um and especially where namor ends off i will say without uh spoiling anything that brings me to the mid-credits scene and this felt like ryan coogler thinking three steps ahead like every, everyone else is playing checkers but Kugler is playing chess and I mean that in the sense of we find out that Nakia and T'Challa had a had a kid and it's Prince T'Challa his, his name is T'Challa Nakia is off reservation she's not in Wakanda she's uh she's off grid basically when they lay out the fact that they didn't want him growing up around all that they want him to be old be his own person and be his own man I mean, he is the rightful head to the throne. He'll be the next Black Panther. That's happening. Like, this film confirms that. But that's such a natural way to continue Shadowbook's legacy and not make it feel cheap. And I love that for the movie. I love it. And let's call it what it is, too. I'm sure Ryan Coogler went to Marvel and went, Letitia Wright could act a fool again. Do we really want to take a chance of someone we might need to remove being the only person who could be Black Panther? I I completely get that from a PR perspective. And yet it feels so natural here because if you are a comic book reader and read Black Panther, uh, T'Challa has a kid with Storm in, in the in in the in the comics. And so T'Challa having a kid is not unfounded. But the way that they present it here, I just went. I love that. I, I love how incredibly natural feeling that feels for this world. And it gives me a reason to get ex- uh, to, to stay excited because will sh- will Tisha Wright be a, bla- a great Black Panther? We don't know. I'm very curious to see what her arc is going to be and what stories they potentially adapt. But the fact is, there is that that ace in the hole that they can go ahead and bring up if they need to, uh, whenever they need to. I- I'm very happy that Marvel made that decision because that really was my like once she gets to heart shape herb I just went god damn it it's gonna be Shuri fuck I don't want it to be Shuri and and I will admit part of my enjoyment was lessened slightly by the fact that it is Shuri's Black Panther as I've said before Marvel typically knows what they're doing so I, I I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt um, there is other stuff here, but I, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to just break down on microphone and start crying. So I'm just going to point out a couple other things. Um, Ludwig's score, it's fucking perfect. Uh, he'll probably get another, he'll get another nomination. He'll probably win again. Um, yeah, it, the, the, <coughs> the, the, uh, the score is absolutely incredible. And the way that they actually mix the score with the pop, uh, music from the soundtrack it doesn't feel it doesn't feel horish in the way that it normally does, where sometimes the songs don't fit the mood at all. The the music, the songs that are actually used, 
off the soundtrack really do actually enhance the film and drive the narrative. And it does fit the mood in which the songs are in, which is something I was very impressed with. I got a shout her out again here, uh, or shout her out for the first time in this review. Uh, Ruth Carter, who did the costume designs again for uh, Wakanda Forever, she's getting another nomination. She'll probably win. She, the costumes are absolutely fucking perfect. I, I love the way everything looks. There are the, There's this kind of, I don't want to say Mark armor, but kind of Mark armor that the Wakandans get later on in their uh, in their big final fight, and it looks fantastic. Um, the new Black Panther suit looks great. I know I haven't laid out everything in this movie, could, but I want people to kind of discover shit for themselves. But I, I adore this movie. Um, I don't... I'm not comfortable saying it's better than the first one because I have only seen this once, and I've probably seen... Black Panther start to finish 20 times easy. But the fact that this movie, the fact that I'm even having that conversation with y'all, I think speaks volumes about the movie. The fact that this movie just didn't fall into the fucking ocean is a fucking miracle. I don't know how Cougar pulled this off, but he did. Like, like at the end of the day, Ryan Cougar pulled this off. This movie is doing well, even though it's not as rated as high on Rotten Tomatoes as uh, the first one was. It's still certified fresh. People are seeing it. And I'm just really happy for Ryan Coogler. I- I'm really happy at Ryan Coogler, he once again, is able to shut the fucking haters up and make another great superhero film. This is something I will buy first day. I look forward to watching it here in my comfort my own home and being able to cry and not being somewhat, uh, somewhat self-conscious about a bunch of white people staring at me <laughs> as I'm weeping. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go A plus on this. I need to kind of see it again to think to to know if it's a fan fucking tastic or not. It's so close to the Batman and it's going to be really hard to rank those movies because both of these will be the Batman and this will be on my top 10 list. It's going to be a matter of just which one I put ahead. But I love both films for, for completely different reasons. But they also both talk about grief, which I find fascinating. These would actually weirdly be probably a good double feature with each other, honestly. But yeah, this is a solid A+. It's it's so close to a fan-fucking-tastic, but I'm, I am I want to see it again before I go there. Um, so, yeah, A-plus for now. But this is an absolutely incredible movie. Ryan Coogler, you brilliant son of a bitch. You pulled this off. Um, I, I'm not wearing a hat. I wish I was so I could tip. I could tip, tip my cap to you, but bravo, sir, and everyone who's in this movie just brought it, and I'm, I'm so happy that this film worked out as well as it did. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so happy at this. Ugh, God, I, I love this movie. <sighs> All right. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Have you seen it? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow um, us on pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, oh my gosh, where else? Samsung podcast at The Real Pineapple. You can find all my reviews, uh, all the places I, list, uh, I just listed, or you can find them all at uh, Nevada Film Critics, uh, Nevada Film Critics Society.com. Um, got a whole list of my reviews there. You can also like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. Follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And find me on 
TikTok at BlackShazam775. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll have reviews coming up here for the holidays, including a review for Klaus, a review for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and uh, some other Christmas stuff. I haven't decided everything yet, but I'll uh, I'll uh, get going on that, let you guys uh, let y'all know what's going to be uh, coming out. But we'll have reviews up as well for that. Uh, Glass Onion, um, Disenchanted, and Enchanted, and the original Avatar, which I have not watched since it came out on Blu-ray. So I'm going to be re-watching that in preparation for the new Avatar, which I'm so excited about. Uh, but everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Wear your mask. Have a safe holiday. And we'll talk to you soon.